Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Guys, the last four days have been incredible. We did our Uncharted online conference and um, I, I, I told you guys here, I was like, it's going to be like nothing else you've seen before. And I meant that. It was radically different than everything else. As a result, it was extremely stressful and scary because I'm like, not only have I never done this, I've never even seen this. I've never heard of this. And it worked better than I ever imagined. If you want to see what I'm talking about, check out the hashtag. It's UVVC, hashtag UVVC on Instagram or Facebook, and you will see uh, our attendees talking about the event and what it was like for them and what it meant to them and it, 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 I mean honestly guys I, I get I get teary uh, reading what people wrote about the conference it, it just it really felt like we were there and I'm not just saying that it really felt like we were there so um god it was so great anyway um it's something special Uncharted really is something magical our, our community really 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 is great if you want to see it uh, you can head over to UnchartedVet.com and sign up for a membership to Uncharted Community. We will be turning around the videos from our Uncharted uh, workshops and uh, general sessions, and we'll be doing watch parties with them. So very soon, Uncharted will be a buzz with activity of people watching the workshops and the lectures that they missed, and we will be bringing the speakers to uh, to be there and participate in the viewing of the videos, to take questions, things like that. We take the recorded version and make it live again, and so that's coming on. You'll see the Frankenstein of UVVC in the probably in the next couple of weeks, so you, you want to go ahead and jump in if you want to do that. Check it out, UnchartedVet.com. You'll be really glad that you did. Now, this episode, I've got uh, amazing news and bad news. The amazing news is that Melanie Kramer, the uh, director of Uncharted, the uh, editor at DrAndyWork.com, is going to be here with me. We're going to actually talk through her workshop, which got rave reviews at the uh, Uncharted online conference. And um, man, it's going to be really great. Marketing on a budget, how to repurpose content to reach pet owners. Uh, it's it's super useful. People really, really love it. Um, yeah. So Mel is here and she is amazing and this is going to be fantastic. The bad news is Stephanie Goss is not here. Uh, Stephanie Goss is um, is is away because of the conference. She is uh, she is. I'm not kidding when I say she traveled for an online conference. She uh, she actually did travel to get a place away from her children so that she could 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 participate and lecture at the conference. And so it's moving day as she as she moves back. And uh, and so anyway, she's she's juggling clinic stuff and all her stuff. And so Mel and I are just going to jump on right here after the conference and uh, and do this conversation for you guys. Stephanie Goss will be back next week. And with that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. We are supported by PSI Vet. Guys, if you know anything about me, you know that I care about our support staff. I want them to have good jobs. I want them to make good income. And I believe that they need health care. Everybody should have some health care coverage. If you're at a practice that struggles to provide this for your team, I urge you take a look at the PSI Healthcare Initiative that came out uh, earlier this year. You can learn all about it at PSIHealthCareInitiative.com or check out our bonus podcast episode from a couple weeks ago. PSIHealthCareInitiative.com. And we are back. It's, it's me and Melanie Kramer, director of Uncharted Veterinary Conference and editor, uh, generally boss at DrRandyRourke.com. Stephanie, toes in the water, ass in the sand, Goss, is off today. She is 
She's taking a well-deserved break after being her fantastic, fabulous self at the Uncharted Virtual Conference. Melanie, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And yes, Stephanie definitely gets that well-deserved break. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, she's amazing. She was she was absolutely amazing at the conference, of course. Uh, she she actually uh, traveled for a virtual conference, which was things that happened. People actually went and got hotel rooms, which was genius. Uh, if you're serious about your virtual conferences and you know that they're going to be super interactive, you can tell your spouse that you're leaving them with the kids and go get a hotel room with with good internet access and no kids. And that's what Stephanie did. And uh, she's a, a real American genius. She is. She definitely is. She's fantastic. I don't know what we'd do without her. Yeah. So, all right. Let's, um, I want to talk today about, about the workshop that you did at Uncharted. First of all, let's, let's talk about who you are. So, um, you, uh, you know that I am super impressed with you and always have been. And you were, uh, you were someone who taught me a ton of things early in my career on the media side. So uh, when I met you, you had already worked for America Online. You were um, the managing editor at, editor at VetStreet.com. Uh, you taught me how media sort of works. And, um, and we were there together sort of at the beginning of social media. And then a couple of years ago, you, I, I wooed you over to drandyrourke.com and, uh, the rest is history. And now, uh, you're my boss pretty much. <laughs> how it works. <laughs> I'm not your boss. You are uh, my boss, but I do nag you a lot to get things going. I you do it. You do it well. But yeah, no, we started working together in 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was right when I was I, I was just starting to get to speak and do stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, you you I think you published my first article I ever wrote for pet owners. Yeah, and the very first video we ever did together, um you were in a dog suit. I was. Do you remember the time that the YouTube video was supposed to publish um and it didn't publish and I called you at seven o'clock in the morning and was like, Why isn't this video published? I did, and Have then I. I think about that sometimes because it was six a.m. for me, and I, I just said, you know, I have some boundaries. <laughs> I am still embarrassed. I did that. I, looking back, I'm like, Andy, should have published. No one, cares. no one cares when your YouTube video publishes. It's such a stupid <laughs> thing. But God, I mean, I still remember that when I start to roll my eyes at people who are just trying so hard. I was like, that was you, man. Back in the day, that was that was totally you. And so, just so you know, I'll say it in front of God and everybody. I am so sorry. I did that. I still feel it's been like it's been like eight years and I still feel really bad about it. You should not feel bad about that. I thought it was really funny. And trust me, you are not the only person who's ever called me at six o'clock in the morning asking where their stuff is. Oh, all right. Well, let's, <laughs> speaking of so, speaking of uh, where my stuff is and social media and stuff like that, let's talk about your workshop. So, at Uncharted, you did a workshop on repurposing content. So, just for a mile high for people who maybe don't don't do a lot of media or marketing stuff, uh, what is it? What is it? What do you mean when you say repurposing content? Okay, so just. Everyone's got content. Like, what if you've got a website? If you've got Facebook? If you've got any sort of social media out there, that's content. So, what I'm talking about repurposing is also called recycling content. So, let's say you've got a blog post from two years ago about summer heat tips for your dog. That um, that content could be either updated or made into something completely new very easily. 
very easily. And so, and so it's basically looking at the content inventory that you have, whatever you have, making sure that it's up to date and that it is, um, and that you can take it and make it into completely different things. And so whether it's a, a, you know, podcast, um, whether it's a video, which those are more high level things. Um, but it could also just easily be a different uh, social media post with the with the tips broken out and you're putting one a week on Facebook of like, here's your hot weather tip of the day. So it's yeah. just a way to save money on the content that you've already probably spent a lot of money generating. And yeah. it can be pretty easy when you think about it. Well, I, I think it's I think it's super important for people to get their head in the space because we're not going to stop communicating with pet owners, right? Like, like we've got to keep doing social. We've got to keep talking to them. We have to keep earning trust. And we want to stay top of mind with our own pet owners. And so so reaching out to them is is really, really important. Uh, budgets are tight right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't want to necessarily have a film crew at the clinic um, right now. It's, you know, or, or just it's the summer and the vet clinics are slammed. And so I don't, I don't have time to make a lot of stuff. And so the economics of uh, repurposing content make a lot of sense. I can save money here. Uh, the um, the time-saving uh, aspects of not having to create something from scratch. And then also just the fact that sometimes you do really good work. You're very creative. You feel great. You write a great blog and people like it. Well, if you write a great blog and people like it, keep doing it. I think a lot of times we feel like we're like, I wrote a blog. Everybody heard what I have to say about um, about uh, summer safety for cats, and um, the truth is, no, they didn't. They, you know, they, they, they. Everyone did not hear what you wrote, and some people just flat out don't read. They're not interested. Like they, if it's written, they're not going to have. They're not going to hear it um, or read it. Some people uh, read it, and their mind is like a sieve, and it's just immediately gone, which is probably me. Uh, and um, and you, you, your little, your blog, your social, it doesn't have the reach that you. Th- think it does and so just if you made something and it's really great and it's done really well that's not a sign to move on that's a sign to double down do you agree with that Millie? I completely agree with that and also um, you, if you're relying on one audience you're making a huge mistake because maybe that person when you wrote that blog a year ago maybe the person who saw that post on Facebook didn't have a cat Mm-hmm. But we just had a puppy and cat boom because of COVID. And that person might have a cat now. And they might not have seen those tips before because they didn't pay any attention to it. So you don't always have to completely redo the content. It could just be finding a new audience for it. Yeah. Do you um you want to give some examples of stuff that we've done at like Dr. Andy that has been a piece of content that we've repurchased, repurposed a bunch of different ways? Um I've got, I've got a- I've got one or two on, on top of my head. I think I could. What, I could what have you got on top of your head? So I was thinking about when we uh, the Conan Shane videos I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I we had a spot and I would film these videos right and they were for pet owners, and um, well the first thing I did was I wrote a script, and so now I've got a script this written document that's two or three pages long, mm-hmm. uh, that's great content, and so um, I would write the script, and then shoot the video, and then publish the script essentially as an article. I would tweak it a little bit, um, and then I would send out a newsletter that has the article and the video in it, and then what happened later on was Kelsey Beth Carpenter, who does our social, went back into the Kona Shame videos and cut out 30-second segments that were not the original you know, four-minute video. They're the 30-second, look, here's a little quick tip blurb 
uh, piece of uh, of advice, and those videos did really, really well. And I didn't even touch them. Kelsey just went through and chop, chop, um, fade in. Here's the thirty seconds, then fade back out. And then she even went further and made them uh, made those same videos into gifts that we could kind of goof off with and uh, and and put in our social media and stuff like that. And so essentially, all of that came from me doing one day's worth of work, which was doing the research, writing the thing, and then filming it and then cutting it and saving it and posting it and emailing it and making it into social media posts and things like that. Yeah, no, that that's a really good example. And that was started early on. And so now you could take it even further with the podcast. How many different things do we do with the podcast? We've right. got it. We've got the blurb up on, you know, whatever your iTunes or, or, uh, a podcast player is we've got a blog post we've got a social post it goes out in the newsletter we're yeah. i mean it just it just kind of never ends with the different cycle it's on instagram yeah we do well, so, as many different things as we can with the with the content right the the instagram like in, like we put the podcast on Instagram and you're like, how do you do that? It's just photos. I mean, we, we can play short snippets. We can come up with a, um, with an image that we like and, and essentially we're linking our podcast to make Instagram content. The, uh, another one that, that, that works the exact same way. And it's really big for vets. Vets, if you, if you took the time and did the research and wrote the blog or just wrote, you didn't do the research, you wrote your philosophy on, uh, whatever uh, flea prevention is or, or how to protect your pets in your area. First of all, local content, super valuable. Like people don't realize how valuable like local specific content is. But then the other part is, uh, man, that's an infographic. If you can take that written word and pull it out and turn it into something visual, people love infographics. And, and we do a lot of that stuff of um, taking it. Dr. Andy Rourke, you'll see it, you'll see it uh, often. People will write articles and they'll be great and we'll – find, you know, they give three tips. We'll pull those three tips out, uh, shorten them down to one sentence or a, a couple of words and we'll use Canva or whatever software program we're going to use. I think Canva is, is one that most people use. It's really easy. It's really accessible. And we can make something visual and interesting. That's going to get likes and shares that has our, our brand and our logo and our colors and everything. And we're just taking that blog and putting it to work a different way. And, and sometimes we'll pull three or four infographics, infographics out of one, one really good piece of content. Yeah, and, and we'll sometimes we'll poll the community or you know the the DAR community and say like give us your best tips for this and we'll get information from that. And that's one thing that we talked about a lot during the workshop. Um, we really talked a lot about using your experts. So mm -hmm. veterinarians in the clinic don't all the you know especially your board cert, board certified vets don't have time to write right. for you or for the website. So get a quote from them. Just just ask them specific questions and be curious and say, what would you do? What is the best advice you would give a pet owner for this summer? And get that quote from them and then yeah. get it from the, your derm specialist and everybody that you can take those quotes and turn that into a blog post and then take each one of those and turn them into Instagram graphics, uh, Facebook yeah. posts. I mean, use your experts. Those well, let's, people let's do this because okay, let, let's just you and me right here on the spot. Let's just do yeah. this uh, okay. because this is how you and I work. Um, and so, so okay, you, you blew my mind. Uh, I've got uh, I've got six vets at my practice. Okay, um, taking what you said, uh, like we'll, we'll pick a topic. Um, let's make the topic. Um, Oh my gosh. Let's make the topic. Uh, oh, let's make the topic obesity. We're, we're just going to do over overweight pets. And, um, and I want to do dogs. We're going to do overweight dogs. And so I can go to 
each of my doctors and say, give me your best piece of advice for keeping your dog slim. And then I get, I get their best piece of advice. So mm-hmm. I've got that collected. Melanie, where do I, where do I go from here? Um, you, you put them all together. You kind of categorize um, what order they might go best in. So, so I would say start with the most essential first, or I would start with the, um, the one that is maybe the easiest for people to do because that kind of helps people get into the content yeah, a little yeah. easier. Um, and makes it breaks it down so that they can better understand it. You gotta. I would. I would do a blog post first. I would do yeah, an yeah. intro explaining what you're talking about. Explaining um, that you talk to the experts in your clinic, and here's what they've got to tell you, and this is why you need to listen to them. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you you tell who each of those you know who each of those veterinarians are, and you give their background, and you give why they're so important. Not only does that help SEO for your practice, just to throw a little bit of that out there, mm-hmm. getting their their name names circulated more into Google, um, mm-hmm. but it, it gives it more relevancy to your readers. Yeah, I completely agree. The, uh, the order is not super, super important, except, except I completely agree with you. Something, so there, when a reader looks at this article that you're making, they are deciding, is this for me? And if you put the hardest thing to do up front, they'll go, mm, nope, this article isn't for me. And they'll, they'll never even look at the rest of them. I, I think you're right on as far as um, uh, something that's novel, something they haven't heard before, or so, something that's easy for them to do right up front. And then I try to follow that with um, with some of the most interesting stuff. I, I will I will front load things just so you know. If you get six quotes from doctors and and th- say three of them are really good and the other three are kind of like oh yeah yeah you know don't give them treats. Uh, you know I, I tend to hide don't give them treats around number uh, three four and five. Uh, and then I try to end on a high note. So a uh, one and two will be will be really good. Number one probably more accessible. And number six uh, kind of end with a bang to bring it home. Do you have any systems like that, or do you? Uh, is that crazy talk? Maybe I just came up with that. No, I, don't, no, I don't know. No, I think you're spot on. Um, the only thing I would change is one reason I called the workshop that we did. I called it Seven Ways to Repurpose Content. We okay. talked about so many different ways, but I called it Seven because it's the magic number. It's called Miller's number. Mm-hmm. from the guy George Miller who came up yeah. with it that you can mo- most people can remember between five and nine things if you give them any more than that they can't but five, so and it's also an odd number they can remember odd numbers and so I would just say if you can get one more thing in there make that seven people see that and they're attracted to that even yeah. more it's but funny no, you it's say fine. that oh go ahead sorry go ahead as far as order goes, I would I, th- I think you're spot on. I think you give them a couple things, um, a good tips, and then kind of intersperse uh, the more difficult things that are out there, and always end with the bang. The yeah. the last thing has to be um, really important, just to keep that it keeps that in their memory. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny you said that about uh, about Miller's number. So I, I ran a workshop on. Um, communicating with groups. So essentially it's kind of uh, presenting in front of your staff. So you've got everybody in front of you and you're, you're about to try to get them to buy into something. What are the best tips on, on getting a group to buy in? And, and one of the things I said was decide how many things you're going to tell them. It's either one or three. That's the, those are the options, one or three. And, um, and we, and we talked about that as well. It's something, it, it's the odd number. It's, uh, you know, three is sort of this Trinity number, but, uh, but I completely agree. Three and seven, are, are your are your sort of go to uh, sort of go to numbers? So play to those numbers 
uh, for whatever reason, they're just they're just bite sized people. People people really like them. So we've got this now. We've got our blog. We we wrote uh, an, intro- an introduction on it. We organized the the pull quotes the way that we want. Put a conclusion on it. We identified the doctors as the authors down at the bottom. We probably said a little bit about them. We probably linked to their uh, to the about page at the hospital. Uh, things like that. Where do you go from here? I've got this great blog, Melanie. Um, so, so this is where most people end. They're like, I did that great idea, easy to make. Now I have a blog and I'm done. Where do you go from here? You promote it. You got to get it out there into the world. Let people see it. It's, okay. If it just sits on your blog, nobody's going to read it. Because right. most people come to your clinic website to see why they should come to your clinic, just to check you out. They don't necessarily go into your blog looking for information unless you ask them to. Yeah. So you've got I, to. I agree with that. I, I don't I think a lot of vets shoot themselves in the foot by writing a blog and putting on their on their website. Like a pet owner is gonna be like, hmm, I need information. Let me just go on over to my veterinarian's webpage and see if they have information about heat stroke. Like that's not how this works. And we you know, and, and we all know it. You really do have to get it in front of them. Uh, this and is a place they did. Sorry. We wish they did do oh, that. Yeah. That's what we want people to do, but they don't, unfortunately. Yeah. I you know. I completely agree. Um, this is a place where, where I, I mean, I would, I would add spend on this. Uh, so, so, and I'm, I'm pretty frugal with, with Facebook and Instagram. I have to believe that there's a, a return on investment. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money there and don't necessarily get anything back. If your practice is taking the time to write something that's informational and, uh, and I'm, and local, and I'm going to come back to that in a second. Uh, it's probably worth setting up a Facebook ad that targets uh, your clients. And so what you, uh, I mean, it was not a Facebook ad pro, uh, insights or anything, but it is not that difficult to generate a list of uh, Facebook friends or Facebook uh, customers if you have their email addresses. And so what the best thing is, is honestly, is to take people who are already clients of your practice. It's a fairly small list. You can put a couple of dollars behind your blog and make sure that your clients see the blog that that you and your doctors came up with. I generally find that to be a very worthwhile spin because it does elevate their status. It gets your vets back top of mind. Um, It's something that can draw pet owners in and and make uh, make them engage a bit. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. Um, putting a little bit of money behind things sometimes can really make a big difference. What, what I, when I keep saying, um, write local, you know, you, if you were, if you were a small town veterinarian or, or, or you're working with your veterinarians, um, if they're probably not going to be the source of information people are looking for, for national trends, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be looking to your veterinarian to talk about, um, do cats get COVID? Some of them, some of them will because they want to hear from their vet. But the truth is, if you, as long, if you're a veterinarian or you want to talk about this, like a news story, make it really local. Drill it down to what does it mean for your clients? What do you see? Don't write a generic article on leptospirosis. Write about leptospirosis in your county, you know, and 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 pull data and pull research and and you can use anecdotes. What have you guys seen? Pet owners want to know what's going to affect them and their pets. There's a saying, you know, all politics are local. It's the same thing for searching for information. People really want to know what what affects them. And if there's a broad sort of general article on leptospirosis across the nation versus leptospirosis in Greenville County, where I live, 
I'm clicking on the Greenville County because that's the one that affects me. And so that's really, I think, how, how a lot of small businesses can play this game well. So that's where I keep going back to when I talk about local stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and that's another thing we talked about in the workshop was what is happening in your community past COVID. So we, do, we definitely want to address COVID and it's a huge thing that's happening right now. But what else is happening that you need to be getting information out there in your area? And so one person in Louisiana, they said um, they have a huge heartworm problem, huge problem. And so we talked about a lot of different ways that they could take that problem and start educating the community and getting clients in the door to address that problem. And so while they've got to get the information out there about COVID and the updates and what's happening and helping people educate people and understand how the curbside works, how to get in the clinic, they also need to be addressing that heartworm problem. They can't just ignore it because it's not going to get any better. And they just felt like, you know, COVID's taking over. And I'm like, can't, can't let it take over. Mm -hmm. You've got, you've got to kind of do double duty. So whatever you've got out there on Heartworm, do one piece, do one Facebook post and see, you know, that you feel is important. If it's an infographic with, with text, whatever it is, and then try to use it as much as you can and, and maybe, you know, turn it into different things, turn it into a blog post. Um, Turn it into make sure you put it on Instagram, but keep posting it as well. Yeah. Don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No one, you're not going to take a hit from Facebook because you reposted a graphic. Well, I, I want to get into that re, uh, reposting and, and how much can I reuse my stuff. Let's uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to that. Hey guys, Dr. Mark Alcott is a friend of mine. He's a uh, emergency veterinarian. He came to the first Uncharted Vet Conference. His company, Vitus Vet. Is on a mission to help front desk heroes with easy-to-use technology that reduces phone calls by 70% while boosting revenue. You'll have more time to do what you do best, and that's help clients and heal pets. The Vitus Vet platform includes unlimited two-way texted picture messaging, digital service and refill reminders, appointment scheduling, a practice app that's branded to your practice, monthly payment plans for clients, and checkout tablets that work anywhere. It's all included, and it integrates with most veterinary PIMS. Uncharted listeners get two months free. Learn more at vitusvet.com slash uncharted. That's vitusvet.com slash uncharted. Okay, so let's let's unpack this now. So how how often can I bring um how often can I bring this stuff back up? So I made my blog post, uh I posted about it on Facebook, so now I've got a, a social media. First of all, let me ask you this. Uh how do you post it on social? Are you just straight, just here's the link or are there ways that you're dressing this up uh, to, uh, to increase visibility? Well, it depends. Are we talking about a brand new post or something old? Let's, let's, um, let's, let's, let's stay with our example and let's just okay. walk it through the whole lifespan. So I okay. just, I just got my six vets. I made my six, um, my, my top six tips. I organized them in a nice way. I put them on my blog and I hit publish. And then, and now I'm sitting at Facebook and it says, what's on your mind? And the, and the little cursor is blinking and I'm going to share it. Uh, give me, give me some advice on, on sending out the first time and then, and then, uh, and then circling back to it later on. Okay. So, um, you need a thoughtful and very concise, short paragraph. I would say stay around 60 words or less. It takes someone, it takes, uh, about 30 seconds to read 60 words. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, you don't want to, you 
time span on the internet, well, we all know it's it's short. So mm-hmm. keep it concise as you can, and but and really tout the experts that that's what you're giving them is expert content from the experts in your clinic and what the topic is uh, on helping your dog um, drop those pounds. So the cute pictures are so important. You got to have the cute picture Um, and you can't just pull it from anywhere. You need to buy it or it needs to be something that you um, have already taken. You need to own the photo. Um, So use that picture and get people in there with you and then post the link delete the link after mm-hmm. you post it so that the link doesn't show up. Um, the preview shows up. So if you see the preview and it doesn't have information there or the featured photo that you put in there, you need to go back into your blog and edit what's usually called the snippet and the headline. Mm-hmm. And you can usually find that down underneath your blog post. And that's what shows up on your social media. So that'll populate your headline and your, and your um, text that goes along with it. And then you post and you, yeah. you start to see how the engagement goes and you track it. And I'm with Sandy, like if it starts, you know, maybe that's something you put a little bit of money behind. Um, but then you can take that and you can put it on your Instagram page mm-hmm. and then you can send it out in your newsletter that week. Yeah. And then you can take what I would do is wait a little bit longer and then take those tips yep. and take tip number one. And post it. Actually, I would start with number six. And this is our six. We're going to post six tips this week from the experts at Blah Blah Veterinary Clinic. And I would take it and post number six. And then I would post number five. And then I would post number four. And maybe you could do them a few days apart. But Mm -hmm. it might be nice to just be like a week-long campaign. And so you're getting that out there. And that's repurposing your content. Yeah, I, I I love it. I just want to chime in here and and just try to really follow up and hammer on the importance of how this looks and the and the pictures that you use. And, and you you already said it. You got to own these pictures, guys. You cannot go on Google and find a picture you like and hit save as. Like there's a professional photographer out there who's got that and um and it's track things across the internet and uh. People get upset when they get a bill from Getty Images for sometimes thousands of dollars because they'll ping you. for every time that you've taken one of their images. And once they find your website, they they look for them. You don't want that to to happen. You also don't want to have a pet owner who calls you because they're surprised that you are using a picture of their pet on your blog without asking them. And can you legally do that? Yes, you can. Because you took the picture, so you own the picture. This is still your client. And they'll be flattered if you ask them, hey, can I put Scrappy's picture on our blog because I've got this great photo of him? They're going to say yes. Just ask them, right? And then the last thing is stock photos. Stock photos are your friend. Um, uh, iStock Photo, uh, Getty Images, uh, places like that. Go, go, find, uh, go find a photo, and it'll cost you $2 to have a professional photograph that you put on your, on your, on your blog post or on your Facebook feed. And so I just think that's really important. You got to realize that you know, people on social media are scrolling at breakneck speed. 
and it's just like you and I do. They're they're flipping down their phone and they're scrolling along and they're waiting for something to catch their eye to make them stop and look. And that's why that that photo is so important. And I see people who work so hard on a blog, they'll work so hard on a piece of information and then they put it on Facebook and it doesn't pull the image through at all or there's not any images in the blog. And this is pitiful little like comment and then this pitiful little link in a white box and I and I just think no one is going to click on that. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because you know, um, you can have the most wonderful thing in the world, but if people don't see it and like really see it, they'll never give it a chance. And so part of, part of the thing is creating great content, but another great part or another big part of it is convincing people to give you a chance and let you show what you made. And so those images are just so, so important as far as the, uh, I love the idea of pulling out the, um, of pulling out the quotes and doing them one at a time. And I'm completely with you. I would totally sit on this for a couple of months, uh, you know, maybe, maybe six weeks, but uh, a couple, a, a good, a good amount of time and let the blog play and just push all the traffic to the blog. You know, when, when you repurpose, at least in my experience, you, you don't want to do it all at once. You want to, you want to get longer life, not multiple channels at once. But, um, I would, I would use the pictures of the doctors. So if, uh, Dr. Haight has got, you know, her quote, I'd love to have her quote somehow with a picture of her and a patient. Because again, then it's, it's showing people her face and putting her words and it's, it, it's helping increase her expert status and her clients are, are the ones who are like our Facebook page, our Facebook page or our Instagram account. They're going to see their veterinarian and, and it just, I just, I just feel like that's so, so much valuable. So Mel, uh, ch- check me on all of that uh, as far as the timing and then also sort of pulling in personal pictures. Do you agree? Uh, uh- disagree? Oh, I completely agree. I think the timing is good. I wouldn't do it before six weeks. I think this is what we're calling more evergreen content. So mm-hmm. it's content that you're, you know, that you don't have to, um, um, it's, it's not t- as timely. It's, um, information that is pretty much good all the time. You know, we're always going to have obese pets. So we're not looking at just summertime tips. So you can pull this up at any time and you can, you know, kind of pull this out when you need it or if things are going slow um, and kind of push it out again. And I love the idea of using the expert photos. We used to do that on the website that I worked for and people love seeing the vet that they're getting the advice from. Mm-hmm. And then when they do see their vet, that's even better because it's, it's re- you know, you're re- reigniting that connection with your vet. You're like, oh, that's my vet. And I forgot they told me to do that. They mentioned that before or maybe they didn't mention it, but you're, you're getting free advice from your vet. I mean, yeah. it's wonderful. People love yeah. that. Um, the other thing that you could do with this, um, maybe another six weeks down the road or maybe even another year after you make sure that the, the content is still relevant and that all the medical information is up to date, please don't forget to do that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, oh, that's a trick that people miss. They're like, this article was fantastic in 2017. Let's just push it now. Let's just repost it. And, and you go, check it, please check it and make sure things haven't changed and have someone else check it. Um, but you could turn it into a video instead of using the vet photos that time you could use the tip that they're doing. Don't give them as many treats. So, you know, you could show the, um, the box of treats and the dog with an empty bowl, or, you know, maybe the kind of, if they refer to a a sort of bowl that they should be using or using more food puzzles, you could put the advice on a slide um, with the photo and turn that into a quick video with a little clip of music. And it's really not that time consuming because you've already got the content there. 
So oh, you're yeah. just looking for some images. And then that way people see um, see a whole new piece of content. And people like videos. They really do, especially mm. short videos. Yeah. I was just going to say that as well. You better believe as people are scro scrolling along the internet or social, they're going to stop for the dog playing with the food puzzle. Like happily playing with the food puzzle. Yeah, they're, they're going to stop for that. Especially if it's a really interesting food puzzle. Because they're like, how is the dog doing that? <laughs> yeah. I agree. And it's it's one of those things, um, I can't remember who said it. It was a comedian. He said, you know, uh, I make people laugh and then stuff the truth in while their mouth is open. Yes. And and I feel that way about how we as veterinarians educate pet owners is you got to make them laugh. You got to make them stop. You have to you have to just get their attention. And people say, God, well, it doesn't help to just put puppies and kittens out on the Internet. Yes, it does. If it gets them to stop and it gets them to look and then you can stuff information in their eyeballs while they're looking at you. That That's that's how you educate people. And you and you keep it up. You're persistent and you just keep giving them stuff that they like and sneak. It's like getting kids to eat vegetables like we, you know, my wife and I would puree broccoli and hide it inside of other things. But we put it under cheese on pizza. You know, uh, that that's how you, that's how you do it. How do you feel, Andy, about newsletters from um, from clinics these days? Do you feel like they're still pretty relevant? I I do. I think less is more from from most for most clinics. Um, I think less is more. I think maybe even and and here's the other thing too. People are really busy. I think you're better off doing a quarterly newsletter that's got some real stuff in it than trying to do a weekly or every other week or even monthly newsletter. I think most vet clinics probably go monthly. I, I would say most of them, I think, could probably even do better if they uh, – how, how do you define better? For, for me, I still lean towards a quarterly newsletter that's got a couple of blog posts in it or some social stuff in it. And um, as opposed to trying to push something out as soon as you have a piece of content, I just think people are inundated with emails. Uh, I think you can be sort of respectful and still still get your stuff in front of them. So, yeah, I, I think you can definitely do that. I think that the quality of newsletters is widely uh, variable across vet clinics. Are you giving them good content? Would you want to? Here's, here's the whole thing. Would you want to get this email? And if the answer is no, then, then you should consider you should think about that. If the answer is yeah. This is good stuff. I would, if this came to my inbox, I would open it. I think a lot of times we kid ourselves and you go, you know, I would never read this, but the pet owners totally will. I, I have not found that to be true. I, I think that that sets you up for failure. I think you should hold what you create to that standard of if I wasn't me and I didn't know me, would I open this and would I read it? And, and if you can meet that standard, I think you've got something really great. And so for most of us, we just can't turn that on on a regular basis. So be gentle, be kind with yourself, send it out less frequently, uh, and make it, make it good and really, really pack it with all the stuff that they could use. Yeah. I think that, I think that's really good advice. I think you don't do it unless you've got something really important to say yeah. and, and a really good package to send out there. I think a lot of people push, and, and again, this is, we're in, we're in nuance here and, and I hate to speak in firm terms and nuance, but I hope people will give me a little bit of, of grace here. Um, the advice that you'll get often is send things, post consistently, send things consistently. That's how you build up an audience. That's how you build up engagement. And there's truth to that. Like, if you can consistently send good stuff, then you should consistently get, get, send good stuff. I think um, I think for most of us, the truth is you can be gentle and kind with yourself and, um, you know, reach out 
when you when you have good stuff and when you don't have good stuff, I don't think you know it goes back to the story uh, I told at the very beginning about calling you at six in the morning your time about a YouTube video. And the truth is, Mel, if the video is good, it's gonna do fine. You know, it, it's it, it's gonna do fine. The idea that it's you know it's the schedule that we set or the videos go up at seven a.m. and so it has to be up at seven a.m. I, I I don't I don't really buy into that. I, I really think it's much more important that you make good stuff and you say things that that are personal that mean something to your pet owners and um and that you that you that you do something you're proud of. Yeah, I think we all had this idea in our heads for so long in media of like things work at certain times at certain days. And, you know, there were those sweet spots like Sunday night and um, Mm -hmm. don't send anything on a Friday because nobody's going to look at it. And I'm just not sure those things work anymore. I think people are online so much more than they used to be. And I think we can kind of, you know, kind of don't need to go by those strict timelines anymore. Well, it used to be like when uh, especially Facebook, you know, was very chronologically based. Mm -hmm. And so what you, you know, like when you posted it. Your friends actually saw it, which is a nice change. Uh, that, that was nice when that mm-hmm. happened. Uh, but you would post it, and then your friends would see it, and then the clock would tick, and then new things would come in on top of it. And so you wanted to post it at the time that people were up, and they would look at it, and they would see it before it got pushed down the bottom of the newsfeed. Well, there's been massive overhauls of Facebook and other socials since then, and they're not so tightly, time, tightly tied to uh, chronological order. They're much more about are people engaging in this? Do people like this? Is this interesting? And so you're much better off at not worrying so much about the timing. I think that's, that's the, the wrong side of the 80-20 rule. Um, you're, you're, you're much better off not worrying about the timing and just focusing on making things that people will like and click on and share. And, um, and I, I think that that really takes care of itself. In a way, it didn't in years past. Yeah. And putting a little bit of that ad spend behind there never hurts. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that's, uh, I hate it, but I, I do think that's more a part of this deal than ever before. I think uh, when you and I were sort of getting started and, 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 and sort of growing audiences and doing things uh, back uh, 2011, 20, even up 20, up to 2016, everything changed in 2016 is, is when it happened in, in my, in my view. And I've got pretty good data to back it up, but 2016 was, was when things changed up until 2016, you, um, you could just um, you could put stuff out and and good content did its own work. It you know it got shared, it got amplified, it got passed around. And that was all you had to do. And since then, uh, the market, uh, the media has matured. Social media is it is very much a business. It is not us hanging out with our friends anymore. And so you think about social media as television. Man, the television stations are not going to let you just get on there and put on stuff like they're going. They want you to pay them to uh to 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 put your to run your advertisements to to reach your clients and social media is just followed right behind it's the same model and so we are now at a place where if you want to reach your clients you're better off just thinking of social media like the radio or like television where this is a you better run the numbers and figure out what your return on investment is going to be because it is a purchase it is an ad buy and uh and i think the quicker that people get around that the happier they'll they'll be so, or get their heads around it, the happier they'll be. So, yeah, you made this content. You've invested so much time and energy into it. Uh, get get your targeting figured out so that you can get it in front of the people who will uh, will know you and who might actually come to your clinic. It does not do any good for you to 
to show this article to someone who lives three states away because they're not driving in. So, you know, be, be smart with your resources. And that said, social media is still a really good value from an advertising standpoint because of how much you can zero down to target your people or people might actually come to your practice. And that can be uh, a very justifiable uh, purchase. And I, I, I think it's worth it. So I would just say, honestly, if you're going to put this much time and effort into making content, not putting at least a little bit of money behind it to get even just your clients to see it, I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think looking for alternative ways in your local market to get out there and get your information out there as well. Like we always used to think like, oh, if you could get on TV and TV's great, um, get on the local news. But I mean, look at your local podcast, look at your library and see what podcasts they're putting out, what information they need. Um, and most local libraries are putting out podcasts now. And most local, most local newspapers are as well. So maybe, you know, get some information out there. Be one of their experts. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways you can get into your community and be that person that people look to for their pet health information. Yeah, I agree. So so let's let's push this to its conclusion. We've got we've got our article, we've got our six tips from our doctors, we've got we've got really great, fun, warm, fuzzy images. Ideally an image of one of our own patients, uh, because people love that and they love to see it. And and man, really, really ideally, it's got one of my doctor's faces with one of our cute, cuddly client pets. Uh, that that's a great photo because it's it's showing my doctor off. It's uh, getting people to stop looking because they're seeing the pet, uh, you know, or stop scrolling and look because they're seeing the pet. All that sort of stuff. And then yeah, so we've we've done this thing on social. We've pushed out digitally. Let's unpack the idea of repurposing this content outside of the digital space. Uh, you taking, I, I would tell you, I, I've done this a number of times. Uh, I'll have an article that I'll write, uh, something for pet owners and it will blow up and it'll do really well. I'll send the article over to a friend of mine who, um, who's on the local TV station. They've got like their sort of, you know, lo the local news thing. And I'll say, Hey, I wrote this. It's getting a lot of, uh, a lot of interest. I thought I'd show it to you. I don't know if you think it would be interesting TV, but, um, but I just wanted to put it on your radar. And that's as, that's as much as I say. I don't push to get on TV. I just say, this is doing very well. And um, if you think it's interesting, then I'd be happy to talk about it with you. And whenever I do that, I get invited to come on TV. And I, uh, and again, local TV. But I come on, and then I talk about these are the tips. And, and they'll just walk you through the article and say, well, what are the six tips that your veterinarians think people should know? And then I just say them. And now I've taken this blog and turned it into a TV spot. And you're exactly right about the podcast. You can get, you know, uh, local podcasts um, just doing exactly what we said. We're like, Melanie, I essentially sort of talk to you about your workshop. Um, you, you, I could talk to you about your six tips for keeping pets safe, you know, uh, for for heat exhaustion, wh whatever. It, 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 podcasting is such a great medium, especially with a local audience. We have uh, practices in Uncharted that have their own podcasts, and they actually do fairly well. You have to have somebody who wants to do it. But your pet owners will listen to a short podcast uh, from their veterinarian about things to look out for or pet health stuff or things that they should know. So um, TV, podcasts, uh, I, like, I like client education nights. And maybe I'm old school that way. But I think just opening up the – this is, again, pre-COVID. I have to figure out how to do it now. But, um, but COVID aside – 
having client education on heat exhaustion and just invite your clients and, um, and have them come to the clinic and your doctors can, can just say, or one of your doctors can say, Hey guys, I just want to run through real quick about 35 minutes or so. Um, I just want to run through some the most important things to know, what to look out for, how to avoid it and what happened if you think this happens or what to do if you think this happens to your pet. And guys, people will show up and you're just, you're doing free content, but you're also getting them back into the vet clinic. You're seeing them face to face. And it all, it's all just you working that one blog post again and again and again. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, Mel? No, no. I mean, I think the possibilities are endless. And I would say we did an exercise at the end of the workshop there where we, um, like I said before, we took the one most important piece and then of content you want to get out there. And then you just go off from that and you just start to brainstorm and just think of as many things as you can as possible. And there's the possibilities are really endless. Once you start to really drum down on that one thing, how you can get it out there in in a multiple um, amount of ways. But the one thing I do just want to drive home is update your content, your medical content. Yeah, please, yeah. please, 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 please update your medical content. Don't put something out there from three years ago if it has not been updated. Please yes. get eyes on it and get make sure that it is relevant and up to date, especially now. You might not want to be promoting dog park stuff with everything that's going on. Yep. You know, there's just things that um, that you want to might take a look at and even change um, and put back out there with the state of the world we're in right now. Yeah. yeah. And and here's just one thing to know, and I don't want to scare anybody because I, I definitely want you to do this. This is absolutely worth your time. If you don't update your stuff and you just stick it out there, uh, you'll get called out on, on, there's a very good chance you'll get called out on social media. That always happens. Uh, it's always happened to me every time I've done it. There's just some little detail in the thing that I wrote two years ago or three years ago that I just didn't see, or I didn't skim back through and I just did it. And someone always says, you know, that that's not how we do this anymore. And I go, Oh, you're right. It's not how we do it anymore. And, um, and you, you'll get caught. So I, I just want to completely, um, I want to completely support Melanie's point of update your stuff, update your stuff, update your stuff. We're not saying just turn around and put it back out, but updating is minimal effort compared to creating. Okay. Mel, anything else? Any other last uh, tips, words of wisdom, pearls of advice? No, I'm just really glad for you having me here, Andy. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for being on. All right. You guys uh, take care, guys. uh, We will talk to you next week. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you love the podcast, please, please, please consider writing us an honest review at iTunes. It is how people find the podcast. It means a ton to us. There's uh, nothing nicer uh, that you could probably do to show you uh, you're a fan. And so iTunes, uh, hit the review and just leave us an honest review. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Guys, special thanks to Melanie Kramer for being here today. She is crazy busy and she made time to uh, to come and do this and uh, it, it just means a lot to me. She really is uh, incredible and um, and we are so lucky to have her at Dr. Andy Rook and that so guys with that if you have any uh questions at your practice go ahead and choose an email the email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com stephanie and i will do our best to unpack it get into it and help you out have a wonderful week be safe take care of each other see you next week